0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah and joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk, or anywhere you get your podcasts. And today we're diving into the Carolina Panthers And the biggest question that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, the most important question that the Pittsburgh Steelers have, and a question that we thought was going to get answered today, and it did not, who's playing quarterback for the Steelers? Mike Tomlin laid it all out there. We're not going to land the plane yet. The plane is not ready to land. Kenny Pickett is doubtful. He didn't say he's out, but he said he's doubtful. He emphasized that. And we'll move on from there. He said they'll they'll make an announcement tomorrow. Uh, I mean – The weather's beautiful. It's awesome. Fantastic. I hope it's good over there. The real question I want to ask you today to start this one off. Do you really think we're getting an announcement tomorrow? that says who the Steelers starting quarterback is on Sunday.
1: (laughs) Uh, we might get an announcement tomorrow. I I don't really know. (laughs) I I'm of the opinion that it really doesn't matter a whole ton to me. I know it's a good talking point and there's differences between the two guys. We know Kenny's not playing, but, um, You know, and just in terms of like,
0: it's doubtful, it's doubtful, not not out doubtful, doubtful.
1: (laughs) But I mean, in terms of the other two, like, I mean, they're definitely different quarterbacks, but in terms of like winning this particular game, neither of them do very much for me in terms of moving the needle on if the Steelers are going to win or not. I, I mean, I think if the Steelers do win, it will be because of other factors, not relative to, you know, the quarterbacks, unless, you know, Mitch goes out there and throws, three picks and you know a span of five or six drives again then that could uh be obviously a big detriment and I think my theory on why we're seeing um Tomlin so kind of coy about the quarterback position is I think that he was just very upset that they lost that game last week because um you can't turn the ball over three times you know near the red zone and expect to win the football game so I think that was even if um, Mitch does end up starting on Sunday I think this has been one of those like message type things of take care of the football or you're gonna be on the bench again so Uh, again um,
0: I think that's the thing though like what there's like four sides to this and you have to pick you have to pick all of them honestly like you have to start with the Why is Mitch in the court? Why is there competition if Mitch is there? Is it because of the three turnovers, which is, you know, most likely what pushed it over the edge, but does the one and three start like justify any of this? Does the fact that Deontay Johnson's openly pushing for Mason Rudolph mean any of this? Like has Mitch just kind of lost the locker room and the offense? And then on the other side, like how many times can you do this to Mason Rudolph before you kind of feel like a dick and just (laughs) like, All right, like, you know, we've done this to you four times, twice within the last year, and signed you to a wasteful contract. But, you know, maybe we're there. Do you think that there's any truth? So, my thought all week long was obviously the three interceptions, but I think that Mike kind of sees that they are still alive. We know Mike Tomlin well enough to know that there is by no means any chance that he cares at all about 0.2% of a playoff opportunity. He sees that as we could still make the playoffs. Is he looking at this and just saying, okay, I don't know if Mitch is going to win us this game and we need to win this game. So maybe we should have gave it to Mason. Do you think that that went through his mind at all? I mean, I definitely think, you know, he's going to try to win the game.
1: I think it, like I said, I think it just might be one of those things where, um, he wants to make sure that whoever's playing quarterback isn't going to lose the Steelers the game. Cause that's the thing. Like when the Steelers won three out of four games heading into last week, it wasn't because like they were like Kenny was doing, you know, just fantastic things in terms of putting a ton of points on the board. And, you know, they were throwing the ball all over the yard. He was just taking care of the football better. And like that led to them, you know, being able to stay in games. Granted, you know, the schedule got extremely soft on them, but At the same time, like, that's what Tomlin wants to do. He wants, you know, whoever's playing at quarterback, take care of the football and give them a chance. And, you know, if you watch last week's game, Mitch did some good things in terms of, like, moving the football. Like, they were pretty explosive on offense. You know, between the 20s, Mitch did a lot of good things. It's just those last two interceptions were both interceptions that you cannot make as a six-year vet. You know, the deep ball to Deontay, if you want to take a shot, that's fine. But – you get middle field closed. Anytime you get middlefield field closed, that free safety is the quarterback's responsibility. If you're yep. a six-year vet and you can't hold that guy in the middle of the field and he gets the interception, that's a bad look. Like there are high school quarterbacks that are taught. That's your responsibility. You can't do that. And then, yep. you know, even the other um, interception he threw over the middle of the field to Pat, like first read, he never gets off of him, stares him down in the middle of the field. There's two, you know, whole linebackers right there just throws it anyway so just Mm -hmm. I think that those things um they drive coaches crazy so it's one thing to be aggressive but it's just how you're being aggressive or how you're making mistakes also matters the process matters and I thought that you know Mitch's process when they got into scoring position last week was really bad so that's I I think that's the message
0: yeah well the message is certainly there obviously what is what is the threshold here What's the, what's the line? Is it one interception? You go out there, you throw one interception in the first quarter, you're getting benched. It
1: it depends on how it is. Like if if he makes another clearly like, his
0: fault interception,
1: like a clearly his fault, and you know a not you know him getting confused by coverage or like him throwing an inaccurate pass that sails over somebody's head and gets picked. Um, I don't know that that's enough, but like similar interceptions to the two that the last two we saw last week and yeah i think there will be a quick trigger because Tomlin wants to win the game obviously he's head coach going yeah. to try to win every week regardless if the Steelers playoff chances are effectively over anyway but um yeah i mean eyes. there's going to be even if Mitch starts I, I anticipate that this this leash is not going to be what it was last week Tomlin's not going to let him turn the ball over three times in enemy territory and just be like all right well you know cuz Mason wasn't active last week. So that's another reason like, you know, you can't just could have put he, he Zach entry really have out there. A, he didn't really have a choice but to roll with Mitch. And, you know, that's know. just how things how the cookie crumbled. So
0: my uh, fun fact about Zach entry is that I learned this week that he could throw a football farther than all three quarterbacks. So, I mean, the George Pickens factor is always there, always <laughs> there. You just need a guy to go back there and launch it up. You just need a guy to go back there and launch it up. I have a couple of thoughts here, but I do want to give this little nugget. This is my thought on how it's going to unfold. I think tomorrow we're going to get the news. It's going to be Mitch. They're going to make the announcement. You know, they're going to shut down Kenny or whatever. And I get that because we talked to Najee today. And when somebody asked him if he like knew who the starting quarterback was, he kind of just looked and he was like, you don't know who the starting quarterback is. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, like, obviously I don't know. Um, I can't tell you what happened in practice. I will say that, you know, the analysis of a 50-50 split was pretty spot on all week long. It was very, very similar reps, two and two. But I just feel like it's going to be Mitch. And I, you know, you got to look on the other side of this. Like, I feel bad for Mason Rudolph, but going into this game, we and you just talked about this right before we got on here. It makes a lot of sense for it to be Mitch, especially when you look at Carolina's defense, which is where we should start here. Brian Burns, Mason Rudolph, not a good mix. Brian Burns, Mitch Trubisky, probably also not a good mix. But at least it adds a little bit of, uh, you know, escape factor, I guess.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers plan to block Brian Burns because um, Burns has been on a heater, man. This has probably been the breakout season that kind of a lot of people, you know, Burns has been a really good player since he got drafted, but it's probably him stepping into that elite. Kind of tier of pass rushers that a lot of people have really been waiting on, uh, just because of how talented he is. Um, pure speed rusher, like one of the best in the game, like one hundred percent. I think he he is has he, sixty pressures. Go ahead.
0: Is he signed? Does he have a contract?
1: No, they're gonna give him the bag. Because you think about it, the Rams offered Carolina two first round picks for Burns, and they turned Jeez. it down.
0: So, ah, so I, they're giving him everything. Was it two or
1: three? Yeah, two. Definitely oh, either way, um, either way, that back Yeah, stage. either way, a lot of draft capital for Brian Burns. Um, uh, so and, and they turned it down. So they're going to they're going to pay him the bag. He's going to get a huge amount of money. Um, but, yeah, Burns, 60 pressures on the season, which leads the entire National Football League. Uh, Ten sacks, elite speed rusher, um, crazy, crazy get off. One of the bendiest guys in the entire league, honestly, in terms of like getting the corner. And then, you know, similar to, like, the move that we see from Alex Highsmith, a deadly, deadly inside spin. And he'll – what makes Burns really unique is you won't see it – like, you might not see it on Sunday. Burns is one of the only pass rushers in the league that actually has an outside spin to his repertoire. Like, everyone – like, a lot of the really good pass rushers are um, incorporating that inside spin as a counter. Burns will actually spin to the outside, which is uh, kind of different. So, he's he's a very yeah. difficult – um pass rusher to plan for carolina doesn't get a ton of pressure on the quarterback um which forces like they're the most blitz heavy team in the league and that's because they only really have which kind of makes um what burns does so impressive they don't he's their only pass rusher like he's their only guy that really wins one-on-one so like you really have to game plan for him and that's part of the reason i think too that they move him around so much side to side like he doesn't sit on one side kind of like um you know tj and alex do
0: So that's a no-go for Mason Rudolph. That was our consensus before this is because Brian Burns is so dangerous and Mason Rudolph has ultimately zero pocket presence whatsoever. It's a disaster for whoever's back there, but at least Mitch offers some mobility, mobility. especially, yeah, you line up Brian Burns on Dan Moore and like, you know, I I think Dan Moore has got his positive speed and athleticism is not one of them whatsoever, So you put him against him and that's a bad equation for the Pittsburgh Steelers and whoever's back there. You want a guy who can move and who could who could instinctively move. You want to look at the situation and say, okay, you shouldn't have to like game plan to be like, okay, you have to step up in the pocket. Your mind should immediately go. All right, I have to take off right here. Like that's. Yeah, there there needs
1: to be a conscious effort too because of the way that, the ways that Burns likes to win up the arc. You have to be very mindful about how deep you're getting in the pocket, and that's something that um, Burns is so good, man. Like the way that he can corner at like that seven eight yard mark is a scary, scary thing. And I watched him. Um, there's a play in against Denver two weeks ago that he had. Um, Russ is only about seven, seven and a half yards in the pocket, I think. And Burns is able to literally just win the arc. And then he uh, tips the ball from behind and it spirals up. And it's like a tip drill type thing where there's 15 Panthers. Somehow they didn't come down with the interception. Oh I have gosh. no idea how, <laughs> but he's just the type of, like he's the type of player that um, can change the outcome of a game with like two or three different plays. So um you know, he's definitely priority number one in terms of like what they'll be dealing
0: with. Oh, yeah, 100%. Who else on Carolina's defense are you looking at? Who else have you watched film on this week that somewhat scares you for the Steelers?
1: Uh, I knew that J.C. Horn was having a good year, but I was watching the Seahawks-Panthers game live last week, and he was just, he was balling. Uh, he shadowed D.K. Metcalf for the most part last week um oh, yeah? and did he did more than hold his own he had an interception on the first play of the game and zone coverage where he kind of baited geno into throwing a corner route um and came and undercut that and then later in the game um metcalf was trying to run like an eight yard speed out and horn just was in off coverage clicked closed, and undercut it picked it off but i think like he was like bobbling it going out of bounds so they overturned it um but horns had an impressive season like um you guys have probably heard me talk about, if you follow me on Twitter, about how great Patrick Sartan's been this year, who I think has been yeah. probably the best corner in the league. Um, Horn's honestly been right there. And if you look at numbers wise, he might have the edge. Um, he actually leads the NFL right now in passer rating against, uh, which is just unbelievable. And then he's also second in the NFL in terms of snaps per um, reception allowed. So. He's been he's been balling. He shadow like they will have him occasionally shadow the other team's best player. I don't know what that looks like. I was like going to say week.
0: who would they shower shadow this week? Is it going George or is it going Deontay? I can't
1: I can't really tell honestly. I was kind of looking at some of his graphs in terms of like where he's lining up week to week. Um, obviously, Metcalf isn't really like most receivers. He's probably, he's definitely more like Pickens than he is Deontay, but I don't know how, I don't know what they'll do. He, he lines up on both sides of the field. Um, I'll have to do a little bit more research on that, but if they want to, um, if they want a shadow, I would anticipate that it's probably going to be Horn that's doing that. Uh, but he also plays in the slot too. So like they, they move him around everywhere. He's, he's a fantastic young player. Um, Probably, you know, right up there, like 1A, 1B with Sertan in terms of, like, young DBs in the entire NFL.
0: Are we going, like, a Mason Rudolph 1A, 1B or a a legit one. 1A, 1B? A true
1: 1A 1B. 1A, 1B with, like, actual good players. <laughs>
0: How about that? <laughs> um, I, I agree, though. I, I think those two names have been the only two that I've really done any research on this week that I've gotten to – spend a little extra time i haven't watched a ton of film this week i won't lie to you i think this matchup is incredibly boring and the fact that i didn't know who was playing quarterback kind of intrigued me more than how it would go i also think it's going to be a very offensive like who could win the time of possession type of game if you could hold the ball longer than your opponent and get into the end zone i think you win this football game and because of that names like brian burns and names like jc horn are going to play huge roles in here. Um, A couple of headlines that I would like to address to you before we do our true classics ad read. Have you going to Carolina? Have you heard the nonsense? I got a text yesterday, driving to the facility and said, Did you hear the rumors? Do you believe the rumors? That's what it said. And I said, what of what nearly crashed my car, because I had to reply to this text immediately. Of what? And the text replied, Mike Tomlin to the Carolina Panthers. And I said, (laughs) Nope, I haven't. And no, I do not believe them. Have you heard that? I think it was Florio that came up with the situation on the fan. Um, and really a better question here. What would an actual head coaching trade for Mike Tomlin look like? If you were a team that could somehow pull it off, what are you offering up to get Mike Tomlin? How many picks?
1: (laughs) I, I don't even know. I, Tomlin, Tomlin's going to be the Steelers head coach until he doesn't want to be anymore. Yeah, no doubt. If he wants out, like if if he wants out, obviously you want to get value for him. What that value looks like. I don't know. I mean, when's the last who's the last um, who's the last head coach that would have been has been
0: traded? I don't know any of them that have been traded. (laughs) It's like Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers got traded in the NBA. I'm trying
1: to think think of what that is.
0: The only time I remember head coaching trades is every time somebody shows up on a Tomlin Tuesday to ask a question like, Mike, have you uh, heard the rumors about you and the Washington Commanders? Like, (laughs) no, no, he hasn't. And he doesn't care. Or USC. But like, what would it take? Like, if you're if you're the Panthers and you're like actually serious this offseason and you, you know, the Steelers aren't going to say yes. But what are you tossing out there to make this, you know, we got to land our guy offer? Multiple first round picks, multiple picks in general. You tossing a player out there? What do you give up for Mike Tomlin? What is the value here?
1: I, I don't know what the value of a head coach in terms of draft capital is. Um, I like would you need can't to give see... up
0: anything else, right? You can't yeah, like, what I mean, else are you gonna offer? I don't
1: <laughs> we'll know give you our I, interim. I would need to see some type of um, more substantial evidence than just Florio. I and this isn't me like bashing other professionals um in the business, but there are just certain media members that um, in the national media that um, have a better (laughs) or worse, have a better or worse like handle on the Steelers, like temperature and Florio is not one of them. So I just
0: let's, I don't, I don't know if there's a better, if there is anyone who has a quote unquote, good handle on the Steelers in the national media from what I've experienced the last four years, more like for all the nonsense I have to talk about, with you on Fridays because of what the national media has said. So I agree now Florio and, you know, credit to Florio. It wasn't like a, it's going to happen. He just, he was like Tom to Carolina. I wouldn't be surprised. I think his other example was Bill Belichick. And I was like, I don't know who you, I don't know who's a worst option to name here. Who wouldn't have a job or who wouldn't be involved in this trade sooner. Um, second, Headline I'd like to talk about. I saw you tweet this out earlier, so I want to get your uh, opinion on here. And there's actually comments out here. Um, Brock Purdy, who's doing well right now. The guy, Mr. Irrelevant, is very, very relevant at the moment. I have seen at least a dozen tweets in the last three, four hours of the Steelers should have got Purdy over Kenny Pickett. They should have They should have taken the guy who was picked last in the NFL draft over a first-round quarterback. I don't have a question. I want to know your thoughts.
1: My overall thoughts is two things. One, this should effectively end the analytics community argument that Jimmy G is like a top-ten quarterback because Kyle Shanahan <laughs> could go get Noah out of his apartment right now. Yep. and turn him into a league average to above league average starting quarterback in the national.
0: Football. League. Oh yeah. Easy.
1: Um, Easy. My, my main take is that there probably are maybe, and I mean, maybe three quarterbacks or three head coaches, excuse me, um, that are more valuable than Kyle Shanahan is right now moving forward. I think if we did a fantasy draft of head coaches, I think Shanahan will go top three and it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't three. So um, because quarterback is the most, Important position. Um, yeah. This is an offensive-driven league. And the fact that Shanahan has turned guys like Nick Mullins, who is a practice squad guy now, by the way, into yep. a passable starting quarterback. Yep. Brock Purdy, who is a literal, relevant player in the yep. NFL draft landscape. Into who will a, be
0: a practice squad guy yeah, next year.
1: In, into a good-looking quarterback, at least for three weeks in the short term. Um, and then Jimmy G who we all think, you know, has obvious limitations, fine quarterback, but, you know, incredibly efficient when he's running the offense. That's just, that's just what Kyle Shanahan does. He's, he's fantastic. Their system is great. He's a great play cog, great play designer. They have a ton of weapons. I don't want to take away from what Purdy has done because I went back and watched the film because Purdy was a guy, I mean, I watched in the worst quarterback class I've ever seen, in my time doing these evaluations, I watched like 20 quarterbacks last year. Brock Purdy was not one of them because I've, I've seen him enough live to know that he wasn't an NFL quarterback, or at least I thought he has proved me wrong so far. Um, so the fact that this is happening is kind of bizarre, but I don't want to just completely dismiss um, how good he's been in moments. I went back and watched the game from two weeks ago. He made a couple plays that Jimmy G just, in my opinion, can't and won't make. So I do want to give him credit for that. But I also will acknowledge that, like, I've seen Shanahan do this, you know. With uh, yeah, a bunch like of guys. So
0: he he's made Jimmy G the bag three times already. Like <laughs> the bag, the bag. Somebody's going to pay him again next offseason just because of this. Um, I think it's hilarious. I don't respond to any of these people ever. I don't ever respond to anybody whose take is so outrageous. I'm just like, OK, we're done here. Um, Just like I've been getting a lot of Mason Rudolph guys out here past three days of just like mason rudolph's the man man he should be a hall of fame quarterback i'm like i'm glad that you think that i do not i have not thought that the whole time i will say it's been fun to talk to mason rudolph twice in one week a guy who i know for a fact has heard some of the takes i've had on him and we both know they have not been good takes and i've just been sitting right in front of him like hey man how you feeling this week you know those are some nice shoes and and you know You know, you know the banter. You know what goes back and forth. We're just like, I know you hate me. I know we're (laughs) not on good terms here. Um, I think those are it. I think those are the two headlines I've seen this week. The rest of it's just been Antonio Brown and who's going to start a quarterback and who's not going to start and why it doesn't really matter. But all right, let's talk other side of the football. I want to dive into Carolina's offense. Sam Darnold, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Deontay Foreman. Very D.J. Moore, you know, names, not huge names outside of D.J. Moore, but definitely ones we need to address on top of an injury for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But first, we got a word from our boys over at True Classics. The holidays are almost here and there is plenty of T-shirt cheer thanks to our sponsor, True Classic Tees. Fellas, we have the perfect gift for your wish list. True Classic Tees are a gift for you, for her and a great present for any guy in your life. True Classic is on a mission to maximize men's confidence by making them look good. Trust me when I say that this is a gift that the ladies will appreciate too. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men look great in their tees, and now you can save big while doing so too. Get 25% off at True Classic with our exclusive link, trueclassic.com slash stealers and the discount doesn't stop there. You'll save even more during their site-wide sale. Support our show and check them out at trueclassic.com slash stealers. If you're rocking a Santa bod, True Classic has the Christmas miracle you've been waiting for. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on certain body types. Well, True Classic's team designed t-shirts to make the fellas of all sizes feel confident in their clothing. These tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's a desirable look that can be achieved by any body type. They give you the wide shoulder and tapered bottom look that we're all looking for, and the quality of the t-shirts are elite. From going to the gym to the first date, there's no better look than a fresh tee. They offer other menswear as well, ranging from polos to workout shirts to even boxer briefs designed to keep your boys feeling nice and comfortable. They make it super easy to build out your wardrobe with their elite true classic quality. They, pack, they ha- also offer a pack builder on their website where you can customize and bundle what you want and save even more. And for the big fellas out there, they have long options for the tall guys and up to 3XL for defensive-sized players. True Classics also makes the perfect gift or stocking stuffer for all men in your life. Dad bod got you covered. Rip bods, you know it. Your average Joe, yes, sir. Get yourself or someone you love the number one gift on Santa's list. It's a gift for you, but really a gift for her. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com slash stealers Free shipping is included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com slash stealers Santa won't be the only one slaying thanks to True Classics. All right, let's talk other side of the football here. I won't lie to you. Until you mentioned the name Deontay Foreman 25 minutes ago, totally forgot that guy existed. Picked up Chubba Hubbard on my fantasy team this week. Very disappointed after you said it because I've actually been considering starting him. Looks like that's not the move. When you look at the offense they've been running, it's been running back by committee, led by Foreman. Hubbard's been in there. I think they tossed a rookie out there last week who had a pretty good game, if I'm not mistaken that seems to be how they operate most of the time is on the ground. It seems like a very consistent offense. What do you see from these guys? You're muted.
1: Dang. Ain't that embarrassing? Um, no, I mean, I'm, it's kind of a lot of the same uh, conversations we had last week. We were doing the pod and we were breaking down the Ravens, you know, um, less quarterback mobility in terms of like Darnold versus Huntley, but, this is a team they want to run the football. They are a downhill power team that um, really wants to just pound the hell out of the rock. <laughs> yep, and that's what Foreman does best, man. Like if you look at the Panthers' offense since he got inserted into the starting lineup, they're you know top five in rushing EPA, they're top ten in rushing success rate. Foreman's fifth or fourth in the entire NFL among running backs and yards and yards after oh, contact. Really? This is, this is, this is who they are. They, um, you know, you just look at some of the, like we talked about before we jumped on, just some of the volume that he's seen um, just in recent weeks there, they want to give him 25 carries. So like if the game goes how Carolina wants it to go on Sunday, Foreman will have 25 carries Hubbard will probably have like seven to eight carries and they'll run the ball close to 40 times on the Steelers defense, which, You know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about, you know, the Steelers run defense has been this like miraculous turnaround from last year where it was, you know, the worst it's been in franchise history. Um, And then you look at what they've done the past two weeks, which is led up, you know, close to 400 yards on the ground. So um, it's definitely cause for concern um, just because, you know, how the two teams are playing. Um, you know, one team's playing really well, running the ball and another team's playing really poorly in terms of stopping the run. So it's definitely some cause for concern, um, you know, for the Steelers defense.
0: Do you look back at the game last week? So my initial reaction to last week's inability to stop the run was too much Cam Hayward moving around, stop moving him around so much. Need a true nose tackle more than anything in this world. Do the Pittsburgh Steelers need a true nose tackle? Not like a Montrevious Adams; he's great for the pass rush, but you need like somebody who could just sit there and not move anybody and shut down completely the middle of the field. You also need a very physical inside linebacker, and the Steelers do not have any of those. I thought even Robert Spillane disappointed me when it comes to his run defense the last couple of weeks. What was your? takeaway am i right there am i wrong there well why were they so Uh, i mean you're
1: right i mean the ravens didn't do very much mystical stuff
0: no it's straightforward running the football (laughs)
1: yeah i mean it's um really just ground and pound put it you know down your throat type stuff and that's just um in my opinion and the steelers have lost like that to baltimore a couple times um last sunday sort of reminded me a lot of that uh last game of the season in 2019 when the Steelers lost to the Ravens with RG3 at quarterback, when the Ravens ran the ball like 50 times down their throat um, in a game that, you know, didn't really have much playoff. Like the Steelers needed a miracle to make the playoffs or whatever at that point, I think. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the worst way to lose in terms of like from a fan perspective, from a team perspective, it's just demoralizing knowing that like, you know, a team just dominates you physically like that. And I thought the Ravens, you know, credit to them. Uh, this was my overwhelming take takeaway after the game was that, you know, they came into Pittsburgh's crib and kind of just punked them out. And that's really oh, what it yeah. was. Um, we can break down all the X's and O's and all that other stuff, but like guys weren't getting off blocks. Baltimore was a lot more physical. Keep in mind that Baltimore's run, run offense is impressive, but they didn't have Kevin Zeiler. They didn't have Lamar Jackson. So no. and J.K. Dobbins was literally I mean, you could look at J.K. Dobbins and he looked about 70 percent. So, dude, 70 percent
0: um, and was activated 45 <laughs> minutes before the yeah. game. Like, I mean,
1: it was it was a bad showing, man. I mean, there was not there's not much to be said more than that. I think the thing that I'm most intrigued by moving forward um last week, I thought Isaiah Loudermilk and his really limited play looked horrible he looked like a dude who hasn't played this year um he was getting moved around off the block thought? easily and that was not good uh because now chris wormley's out which is going to be more playing time for him ta did say that they're going to give uh, demarvin leal some more playing time at three tech which i think i don't know why they're still playing him at edge the usage of him since he returned back from his injury has been sort of bizarre to me
0: um, that's a good I question. Also, I want to ask that. Do, why do you think they, they tried to bring in Ola? Do you think it was because they need to get rid of Malik Reed or what do you think was going on there?
1: Reed might not be healthy. I, I don't, I know he's got, he had a back end. He had a right? back a, injury,
0: but he's practiced all week. Like yeah, he, Two weeks uh, now he's been full, full participant.
1: I mean, who knows? I mean, Jameer Jones has played a little bit. He has done really nothing, nothing. either. So, I mean, that could have just been a swap uh, at the end of the depth chart type thing. But, you know, Liao is a guy who um, I mentioned this on Twitter that there's a very real possibility that, I mean, the still is going to have a new starting nose tackle next year. That is 100 oh, yeah. percent a need in the offseason. They're going to have a new starting nose tackle. But I think there's, like, a really legit conversation that we're probably looking at a new defensive end, too, starting-wise. Oh, you have to. You have to. Liao hasn't played that position, really, at all this season. Like, very limited snaps this season. And even when he has, like, he's been relatively quiet, which is, you know, expected for a rookie uh, third-round pick. But then, you know, Joby, that signing really has not worked out at all. Um, Shout-out,
0: Joby. You gave me a cookie today from... <laughs> last crumble in LA things smells delicious. I've been waiting to eat it all day. We were going right. to do it on the show, but I feel like I don't want to eat in front of everybody after we started yeah, recording. I, I took that decision back. No, I
1: mean, and Ogan Joby's done some things um, just, but he's been really inconsistent in my opinion. And that's been, you know, kind of a theme throughout like the defensive front, in my opinion, all year, Uh Wormley season ending injury. Who knows what he, he's a free agent next year. Who knows like what his rehab's going to look like, what his timeline's going to look like. You yeah, look can't at, um, him back on that. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you know, a lot of guys, Tyson, Aluolo, you're going to lose him. Atrevious Adams on a one-year deal. There is a lot of question marks on this defensive line heading into next year. The Steelers have not been able to generate anything resembling a pass rush all season long. Um, There's a lot of questions that need to be answered over these next four weeks. Like which of these guys is even going to be around next year um and what this defense could potentially look like when the season opens you know next september
0: let me toss a name out there what how do you feel about a return of javon hargrave
1: i'm about it i mean i i mentioned that earlier this season in terms of like you know he's having a great year in philly hargrave's been a good player um not the traditional kind of two gapping nose tackle that i think a lot of um people really want but um you know, in terms of adding legit pass rushing juice, um, that's something that they desperately need. So not a I'll run stuffer though. Hargrave is okay. Um, he's more of what like do you do penetrating... to fix the run stuff?
0: How do you like? How do you who you approach in here? Like, do
1: you have uh, well, a name the number one thing that they can do is go get go get an ass kicker at inside linebacker? Excuse yeah, well, they wife.
0: don't even remember but... inside linebacker exists. Okay, they just every year they're Stop. just like, oh yeah, these guys.
1: Get get guys that can actually get off of blocks and can stack and shed guys at, that get to the second level. It's because it's one of the two things. Like you're either going to invest in guys up front who are capable of holding blocks and keeping their faster inside linebackers free, or you go get some linebackers that can actually stack and shed and play more downhill like that. And either way is I don't really care. It's more of a philosophy thing on what your coach wants, what your scheme dictates. Yeah. Um, but what the Steelers are doing right now is they've got Guys up front who don't <laughs> hold blocks, they don't get off of blocks. No. So then the inside linebackers are, you know, having, um, you know, guys get to the second level on them and that's not their strength. I mean, Devin Bush has never been able to do that dating back to his college no. days. Miles jack's never been that type of player. Um, nope. I think that Spillane's physicality kind of sometimes gets like, a little bit overrated in terms of Dude, you know his ability you stuffed that, eric henry too. at the goal
0: line one time and it's <laughs> this guy's the greatest run stuffer of all time I'm like yeah he sometimes sometimes he's good sometimes he's he's i mean he's
1: probably good. the most he's probably the most physical out of those three but like yeah but what is that what bar say? are we saying what bar are we setting here yeah it's very
0: low so, do you think that mark robinson gets a, an opportunity this week miles jack's doubtful Dowdy plays. This dude's limping around. This dude's limp is worse than Marcaboli's. And if you guys have seen Marcaboli <laughs> in the last year, the guy could barely move. So no, it's bad. I don't expect uh, it.
1: That's a good question. I I wouldn't hate that. I, I would uh yeah. you know, Robinson's a guy who's a little bit more of a limited athlete, but um he'll hit you. Yeah, but he's so a thumper. I like yeah, I mean, so more maybe more of a downhill type of guy. So we'll we'll see. Um I'm interested to see. I would assume that he's gonna get a hat since uh Jack's probably not yeah. gonna
0: play. Yeah, yeah. Whenever you get interviewed, he got interviewed today. I think I'm putting that on YouTube tomorrow that you know you're playing if you're getting interviewed. You know, yeah. TV cameras don't show up for nobody's most <laughs> of the time. Um, Yeah, I agree with you, though. I think that you need, like, a lot of people talk defensive line. I think they obviously need to restack the defensive line, but we've been saying that for a whole year now that their defensive line situation is a lot worse than it looks. You got to go get an inside linebacker. It's been too long of putting off finding a replacement for anybody on the inside. And like, you thought it was Devin Bush. You, you knew clear as day that it wasn't Devin Bush after his injury. And you still kind of pushed that one off. And now it's, you know, you've hit the point where next year, you're not going to have any come, come the off season. You got to get rid of Jack. His contract's way too high. Spillane and Bush are both free agents. You, maybe you resign, resign Spillane. Bush definitely doesn't want to be here. I mean, if you bring back Jack on a lesser deal, maybe, but, you, you're right now looking at zero inside linebackers outside of Marcus Allen, Mark Robinson, not, not ideal. And Allen's, a,
1: Allen's on a one year deal too. I mean, yeah, so Mark to Robinson is a special teams, but no, I'm, and I'll, I'll be honest with y'all. This isn't, and this, we're not trying to do like too much forward thinking in terms of like roster construction, but I don't think the Steelers going into next year with like four or five new starters is ne- necessarily a bad thing.
0: Not it's needed. I mean, I know
1: know that uh, people get on me all the time on Twitter because I have higher expectations for this defense than the majority of you guys do. But um, the Steelers defense really hasn't been good this year. Like, I mean, obviously the offense is worse and it's like a plague most of the time. But in order for, you know, what the money and the allocation of assets that they've invested into that side of the ball, it's not been good enough. And that's – why I think like next year, you know, seeing four to five new starters, um, generally I lean on the side of camaraderie and chemistry, but I just don't think that this current group that they've got right now is good enough to play the style of football that Mike Tomlin wants to play, which is win games on defense, which is hard as heck to do um, in this landscape of the NFL. So um, if you're wanting to win games like that and ball control, run the ball, take care of the ball, um, win low scoring games. You better get a lot better players on defense than what they've got right now, and I, I think that that's pretty easy to see, at least from my perspective.
0: Or you trade your head coach to the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> easy win, right there. All right, let's talk. Let's get back to football here. Current football, not future football. Although I am very excited, we got four more weeks before we could just dive so heavily into what needs to be replaced for the Steelers. Let's answer answer Anthony's question before we get into picks matchups to be excited for we didn't talk about this last week which I think I was a little upset about because usually got good ones you have not mentioned DJ Moore at all this show yet why so
1: it's really funny because uh Carolina I think is trying to turn turn Sam Darnold into like this game manager um since he took over I mean it's just Like I said, their offense is really like RPO heavy as it is, but they're running a bunch of like design bootlegs. They're really trying to limit his exposure because Darnold has a tendency to just be a chaos quarterback and turn the ball over all the time and take a bunch of sacks. And They're trying not to do that. So, um, But it's funny because DJ Moore is definitely the most talented. Like if you're just looking at talent, he's the most talented player on the Carolina offense, but he didn't even have a catch last week. I mean, and that's like if you look at his stats over the course of the year – He has like three games with less than 10 receiving yards. He has a couple more with like 20 yards and then he has a couple hundred yard games. So it's like feast or famine all year. Um, it is worth, it is worth noting that there has not been a team in the NFL that's been worse against opposing teams, wide receiver ones, um, than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So maybe this is a feast game for him. Um, but uh, that's something to watch for just because Moore is a guy that, you know, it could be like a make or break type of thing.
0: Um, with It also goes that. the other way around though. Like he put up a, his 200 yard games are against Patrick Sertain and AJ Terrell. So maybe, yeah, I mean, you know, more a talented
1: player, he's probably in that tier with like where you would put, you know, a Deontay Johnson kind of in that, like 30 yeah, yeah, tier yeah. worth of receivers. But,
0: but maybe, you know what I mean? Like he maybe maybe that's it. Like maybe he's just, Really good against, like, New Orleans, uh, which I guess at the time Marshawn Lattimore would have played. But two yards, one reception, two yards. Nothing against Seattle. Who's stopping you in Seattle, you know? Well, what's his name? There's the rookie that's having a really Brooklyn. good year. Yeah. But besides that, I mean, like, you, you're putting up big 100-yard games against Patrick Sertain. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe Cam Sutton's the perfect juice for this guy. perfect, Or Levi Wallace, who, you know, if he's, he's either going to – yeah, he's either going to have an interception or he's going to give up 150 yards. It's it's one or the other. Um, all right. Well, who? So you look at that matchup. Probably play both of them. Who else are you looking at when it comes to these matchups it's, to watch?
1: Just in terms of the Steelers, I mean, like I already talked about Burns. The tackles are going to have to win win that matchup. Burns is the one player on their defensive front that can wreck the game. Um, so you can't let him do that. So that's That's the number one matchup. I do think that if Pat plays, there are some things to be had, maybe with getting him matched up on the Carolina safeties. Um, Pat's playing.
0: Pat's cleared to go.
1: Yeah, I think that that's going to be – depending on how much he plays, you know, he only played about half the snaps last week. But that's definitely something to watch for, too. I think Pat could have a a reasonably good day. I would try to avoid uh, going at J.C. Horn a ton. So I would probably try to focus more on uh, maybe – Feeding the ball to Pat or whoever's on the other side,
0: um, opposite Horn. Do you think that Chooks has the ability to stop Burns? I don't believe that Dan Moore does. Chooks has a
1: um a good feel for getting out of his stance really quickly. He has excellent timing in terms of like snap anticipation. Like he he can get off the ball, and that's what that's what Burns does really well. Um, the only thing that I do worry is like Chukes likes that jump set and uh, Burns is a little bit dangerous to jump set because if you do that, um, depending on what your right guards responsibility and pass pro is, you're out there in one on one. And that's a lot of space for him to work with inside. And that's the scary part of him. So um, he chooks can um do it i don't think that they're gonna shut him down um because burns has been like i said on a heater he had two weeks ago against denver he had eight pressures um jeez and then i think last week he had four or six so i mean he's 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 playing really well so um you know that it's just limiting uh his impact for sure i'm interested to see um i like what i've seen from jC horn i'm a if you guys don't follow me on Twitter, I talk a lot of cornerback stuff. Um, that's, that's my favorite position <laughs> to break down. So yes. um, I've really enjoyed watching Horn this week on film and I'm interested to see how um, he matches up with Deontay and Pickens for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. I, I'm about that. I, 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 would love to see, I, I want Pickens to go up against every challenging cornerback from really here on out. I would love to see what he's actually capable of doing. Cause I don't think there's anybody, I mean, Marlon Humphrey had to tweet out an apology last week and then slid in there and they were they were cooking him (laughs) that was bad cooking
1: bad bad, you don't see that you don't see that very often from like i mean cornerback is a really volatile position not just week to i mean not just year to year but week to week um but at the same time you don't see many like cornerback ones like top tier kind of guys have weeks like marlon humphrey did last year i mean pickens was just Cooking him. I mean, Deontay, too, it, it was really bad. I mean, there was, if I think there was a couple throws that, um, if they were a little bit better, you know, Humphrey would have given up, you know, close to like 125 yards probably in college. Oh, yeah. That was wild. Bad, so. dude.
0: Bad. Never thought I'd, especially him and the Pittsburgh Steelers and what he's done in recent years. It was just shocking. But I would love to see JC Horn on Pickens. I'd love to see that matchup, uh, unless, you know, it interrupts my George Pickens over bet that hits. Every single week, every single week, unless he gets zero yards. Then, you know, that's a different story. Right. I do. Uh,
1: I noticed my guy's not in here, man. I gave that free play last week on Pickens and uh he's not in here to give me any credit for winning him some money. I forget <laughs> what our guy's name is.
0: <laughs> what was your play on Pickens? I don't remember your play on Pickens.
1: He asked me if he should take the over on Pickens. I told him, dude, that, uh, always.
0: You always take the over yeah. on Pickens. It's the easy. <laughs> there are two bets that are guaranteed almost every single week in the NFL. It is Pickens yeah. over whatever forty number that they pick, and Justin Fields. I don't care if they give him one hundred and ten rushing yards. You go over, and chances are, the, it's gonna hit.
1: The funny thing. The funny thing is, is uh, I, I got to take a victory lap because I don't gamble. But he asked me about <laughs> if if I should take if he should take Pickens over his receiving yards and I told him that Baltimore had given up the fourth most completions over 20 yards down the field I was like he didn't get it he didn't get a ton of love last week I anticipate that they're going to go his way and then he catches first pass, multiple, first passes multiple deep balls as soon as Mitch comes in the game it's
0: funny his over under was 41 and a half yards first pass 42 yards. 42 yard completion and you, you feel beautiful. really good about that yeah oh, it, it felt great let me tell you it felt fantastic
1: oh my dude my guys in here. It's rich oh he there said, it yes, is sir, <laughs> <over>. <laughs> it's, i haven't seen him in the chat but I, i'm Hammer glad i'm glad you won brother I, I wasn't gonna bring it up if i lost you money but since i won you money i, I was definitely gonna uh, go with it but uh there was a question in here um Think Canada's playbook changes opens up with Rudolph's arm strength. What do you mean by that? Because I don't, do you think, them, do y'all think that uh,
0: Mason has a strong arm? I think that some people push that. Like, you know, Jim Wexel, who I definitely respect, pushes that very heavy that he's got the best deep ball on the team. I don't, I don't know. Maybe he does, but he is, he's, he's checked down Mason. So it's, you know, he's not going to use it. It doesn't change much, in my opinion.
1: I've never, I've never considered Mason's arm to be anything more than like average for like NFL level.
0: Yeah, but. I think people live off of the air raid Oklahoma State offense years and kind of just well, he's got a deep ball. Yeah, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, I his, don't think his, it's... I mean,
1: he, Mason doesn't throw. I mean, he throws a, a pretty deep ball. He hasn't been very effective as a deep ball thrower in the league, though.
0: But that's what I mean. Arm like, too.
1: Like I think there's also we we talked about this a little bit on the pod a couple of weeks ago when talking about quarterbacks on the draft pod, uh arm strength isn't really about how far you can throw it. it's kind of the windows that you can hit and the things that you can do with your arm um in terms of space so um i've never been really impressed with mason in that regard but i don't know how much the playbook changes i think you um the the big thing is um you know mason's gonna want to play more from the pocket he's a lot more um predictable in that manner than whereas like mitch is kind of a little bit more chaos so uh um, yeah. we'll see chaos is we'll a good see. word
0: it's a good word all right let's get into picks first uh we'll give our boy i'll take this one so i think that yeah. <laughs> i want to say that i don't think deontay's comments were a hit at mitch trubisky i think it was more of just a you know i'm rooting for mason i think they've always kind of been close uh, but, yes, I would definitely – I don't know. I wouldn't even touch it. I wouldn't touch it with a hunt, with a 10-foot pole, the Deontay over under yardage because there's half of me that says that Mitch is going to make sure he gets the ball so that he doesn't hate him. And then there's the other half of me that's like Mitch isn't even going to look his way, and Deontay is going to go 40% max to make sure that Mitch doesn't look his way. So I would uh, just, you know, stick with what we know. What we know is Pickens. Every time, Pickens. <laughs> Except for, I mean – Never mind, maybe not, because Mitch didn't throw to Pickens either much, uh, except for last week. Go Pickens, always Pickens. Uh, Kenny Pickett has not been cleared to play; he's doubtful for Sunday. As of right now, it's looking like Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter. Mason Rudolph, backup. They haven't decided it yet, but that's uh, that's what the, that's what the Rumbles say. That's what you, the Grapevine has been saying. All right, let's uh, let's get into picks. I'm done saying it's my favorite time of the week because we lose every single time, and it's a little, uh, it's a little disheartening at this point. Uh, Carolina Panthers, three point favorites at home, thirty-seven and a half over under. I think that you know, usually I come on here and say that's the easiest over to take all year. I'm giving up. I'm thinking this week maybe a fourteen to seven game, and I'd feel real good about it. I'm hammering the under.
1: Oh man, I just. I have debated. Oh, I really got on this podcast today and I did not. I still didn't know the answer on what I was going to use for my picks. And I usually give it some thought on like, all right, I feel usually my film study will uh, allow me to have some vibe on like, hey, do I think they're going to win this week or not? Um, this week, I have no clue. Um, nice. I do have an interesting stat that I tweeted yesterday that makes me want to lean Carolina, even if I. Still don't think Carolina's very good. No. Um they've the won more three in a row. Are,
0: huh? They've won what though? Three or two in a row. Two in a row.
1: Yeah. I mean they're back. They're technically like only like a game out of the playoffs because the NFC South is so horrible. Um, but uh the Steelers are 0-5 this year when allowing more than 20 points in a game. Um the Panthers have scored more than 20 points in six of their last seven. Good. So good i don't know i that good. tells me to probably lean towards carolina yeah um
0: yeah they've also yeah like they beat seattle 30 to 24 oh gosh yeah. 20 and i know to seattle's
1: kind of kind of on the downhill trajectory um but man I yeah just,
0: so is denver uh, yeah these wins aren't that impressive atlanta 25 to 4 to 15 not impressive then you lose 3 to 13 in carolina or at baltimore To baltimore
1: yeah, yeah, I, I truthfully, I don't even know, guys. I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I guess <laughs> it's just like yeah, whatever, man. It's just gonna be a game. It's a Steelers pod, and I want to feel like I want to feel some sort of optimist optimism in terms of you know Sunday. I'm gonna say that they're gonna win. I guess. Um, I guess.
0: Give me. Give me Steelers. you f- I've never I've never seen somebody so just does not believe what they are saying right now as much as I'm Steelers. watching you say this. Give me
1: Steelers 20 to 16. I I think I really do. Part of me, honestly, the one reason that I feel good about the Steelers this week is Sam Darnold hasn't turned the ball over the past two weeks. I don't think that uh-huh. is one billion percent ready to change I mean darnold I don't change. know how many i don't I would be interested to see how many times in his career he has went three weeks without a turnover so um you know I'm, I'm anticipating anticipating that changing this weekend
0: all right so 20 to sixteen Steelers I mean yikes yikes this is uh if people weren't putting the whole this is a game mike Tomlin would lose this is a game the Steelers lose notion out there. I would believe that this is a game that the Steelers lose because I just look at it. Like Carolina is the team that they're going to, you know, it's just so boring that they're going to lose this one. But the fact that people are put out there means that they still believe that the Steelers are a good football team right now. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that they fit that bill these days, not saying that they don't have the potential, but you know, I don't think this is a game that they would typically would typically lose 2016 is a good number. There's zero chance the Pittsburgh Steelers score 20 points in a game. Derek, zero. I, I'm
1: going. I'm only saying 20 because I, I really do feel like a Darnell pick six is on the way. I really do. I don't know why. Uh, I just feel like he's he's
0: that could be their only touchdown of the game. A pick six. That's could OK. Be.
1: That's OK. The offense could get me 13. I, I'm 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 really, really cool with 13, man.
0: Oh, all right. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Steelers win. I'm going to keep it with the with with the same. But I and I'm going under. But there's they just don't. They're not scoring 20 points. So I'm going to hedge you here, and I'm going 19 to 16, 19 to 16 Steelers. There is no way they are scoring 20 points. I've watched the Steelers every single week. Last week left felt like a 45 point game. Like it was like, oh man, this is this is actually like. Not a terrible offensive game, and then you look at the scoreboard. You're like, "This is the worst offensive game ever." What do you? J.K. Dobbins <laughs> rushes for 300 yards, and they score 16 points. No, no, they don't score 20 points. It's not what happens. 19 to 16, Steelers. They keep it alive. Let the roller coaster continue. Keep those. Do you know what the playoff thing is? Do you know what the playoff?
1: They as of right now they is? have like a point zero. Yeah, point zero, 0. two.
0: No, no, it was point two as of yesterday. 02 percent. But like who needs to lose? Do you know who needs to lose? Everybody.
1: Everybody. I, I think I did the 538. <laughs> I did the 538 model um earlier in the week. And it was like I just put it in if the Steelers went out, if the Steelers went out without anything else happening, they only have about a six to seven percent chance of making the playoffs. So they need a historic amount of help at this point. Hey, um, really
0: I don't know if 538 was around back then, but remember the Buffalo year? Remember the Buffalo Jets year? I know you remember that. That that yeah, should have never do. happened in a million years, but that's the Steelers magic we'll right see. there. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think that they keep it alive this week. I, you say that they keep it alive, although, uh, you know, don't don't watch the YouTube video if you want to stay optimistic about Derek's pick there because his facial expressions are not going to do you justice. <laughs> All right, everybody, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And as always, find mine and Derek's work on AllSteelers.com. Enjoy the game this week. Remember, George Pickens over is always a hit. We'll see you Monday. Peace.